0: Radio Influence. Initiate Procedure. Okay, the MJ Radio Network. We are go. 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 go.
1: Now, stand by for the MJ Morning Show.
2: Hey, Froggy and Fester. people were not very happy with last week's podcast when I said at the beginning this was going to be the last one. A lot of folks thought I was serious until I let them down. And Froggy, you wanted me to drag that out like during the whole damn podcast?
3: And then at the very end you say we'll be back next time just kidding yeah, I thought that would have been funny yeah. but you you know you blow it blow so, it early like always
2: come on we have stopped it I wasn't gonna drag people out for our podcast that we were canceling it it was the last one but I'll tell you what people were serious people people are really into this podcast I got so many emails, I got tweets from people saying you gave me a heart attack, you know, Facebook messages, and I don't use Facebook for any, I'm being honest here, I don't use Facebook for anything other than to promote the podcast every single week. That's the only reason that I'm on Facebook because we still have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. I think I got like 26,000 followers on Facebook for the old MJ Morning Show account, which I have control of. And then I have like a couple of Todd Schnitt accounts. I, I don't know how the hell Facebook works. The one account that I have for Facebook has one of my kids' old gerbils or hamsters as the actual picture. But then there's another... There's another Facebook account that has me and my scuba gear, which is the same picture as my Twitter. I don't I don't know what the hell I'm doing on Facebook. All I know is how to post a message every week to promote the damn podcast. But people are leaving messages like, man, you son of a bitch. You gave me a heart attack. I thought it was the last. You went away for eight years. You come back last fall, and then you announce you're leaving again. I'm like, nah, calm down, everybody. But people are really ticked off, Froggy.
3: I think it was a pretty good idea to actually make it the last one. I think we should have done it like, uh, <laughs> you know, the first office. Eight episodes and out.
2: Hey, dude, you're still using the crappy drive-thru uh, fast food microphone. When are you going to get the microphone I told you to order from Amazon?
3: You want extra cheese with that, sir? Would you like extra cheese? <laughs> that's
2: the worst mic ever. Right, Seriously, when are you getting oh, the real...
3: It. No, it's not.
2: When are you getting the real microphone?
3: I ordered it, but I guess Amazon's working really slow lately. I don't know. I guess there's a some sort of virus going around that's making <laughs> people buy a bunch of stuff. Yeah, some And things... so my mic is coming this week.
2: Some things are coming fast, th- some things are coming slower. All right, welcome to the MJ Morning Show podcast. It's number twenty-one. Blackjack baby, Fester, you've been quiet so far, dude. What have you been doing? I've been looking
1: at our Facebook page, and as of this recording, we have twenty-six thousand three hundred and forty-seven followers. Yeah, and I am not one of them. Well, why of- must have I, I must <laughs> have dropped the morning show when we when it all wrapped up? Like I don't want to see this crap in my feed anymore. Why
2: don't you go ahead and re-sign up or subscribe or follow or however. Listen, I use Twitter. I use Instagram. I've got no use for Facebook other than to promote the podcast and get as many downloads as possible every week. That's about it. Fester, you sent me a text about quarantine quitters. Yeah.
1: I'm about there, man. Every place I go, there's a ton of people. They're every I mean I went to the supermarket jammed with people. I went to Home Depot and they're rationing how many people they're letting inside, but they had a line around the building.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, don't enough of this. Don't quit the quarantine or at least be irresponsible. I mean, leave the house when you need to leave the house, but you know, you don't want to socially gather in large groups. Did you see the protest outside of Fox thirteen on Sunday? I saw the video on Fox 13 News on Sunday. There were protesters lined up on the sidewalk on Kennedy in front of Fox and they were not social distancing. They had signs and they were next to each other. I didn't see one damn person with a face mask on and, you know, they weren't pissed at Paul DeLgado or anything. Uh, they were angry and they were protesting they want the Florida economy opened up. So they went to Fox 13 on Kennedy to protest. But, like, nobody was social distancing. Nobody he had a mask on.
3: Every time I have to go to the grocery store, I notice there is a lot of gloves and a lot of masks. A lot of people seem to be wearing the stuff, and I, I'm not. I don't believe in it. I think I think you have a better chance of getting it if you have a mask on. I read an article that, <laughs> no, says that. you don't. You, you don't. Yes, you do, because it, no. it gets in behind the mask, and, and it stays trapped. there, and it festers in my beard, and it's almost better not to have it No, first of all, you're
2: not supposed to have a beard the masks are not very effective, whether it's a surgical mask or whether it's an N95. The masks are not effective if you have a big, bushy, stupid beard like yours. So you got to shave the beard off for a mask to be effective. That's number one. And masks are effective. It's much better to have something rather than nothing. If you call for sneeze, it prevents it from going elsewhere or if somebody is infected. But still, if you have a, a mask on, some protection over your face, either way, whether you're a receiving or transmitting either way something has got to be better than nothing frog
1: see i walk out of the house i wear a bandana like like i'm robbing a place i walk Do you in wear that at work uh, we don't wear masks at work customers wear
2: them but, but why the, don't you?
1: Well, the, the, the company says this, if you feel that you need to wear a mask and be social distancing you can stay home some employees are.
2: So what are you seeing, Fester, as far as the quarantine quitters? What is your analysis?
1: The beaches are have a lot of people yeah. there. I think people are just getting – and that's just one example. Every place I go that's open, there's plenty of people. I did, I, I drove – I cut through a red light, and I went through like a parking uh, – shopping plaza, and there's a Harbor Freight, one of my favorite stores, yeah. in that plaza. Yeah. There were – there, there were 200 cars at Harbor Freight on a Tuesday. You know, the
3: people are out. I need a pallet jack. <laughs> Listen, you get a pallet jack, a metal detector, and a and, a, and like a remote-controlled airplane all next to each
2: other. <laughs> the best. All at Harbor Freight. Oh, my God. It's, it's one of the best stores ever. It really is. But so many people were in there. I'm like – what the hell's happening? Uh, speaking of all this quarantine stuff, are you following online, like all of the celebrities that, for whatever reason, they have this compulsion? to pose in bikini shots? Are these celebrities so hard up for attention right now? And, you know, I got to be honest. I think that this whole coronavirus thing, I think it's rearranging our perception and the importance of celebrity. On the other side of this, are celebrities going to be anywhere near as important as they were or they think they were prior to COVID-19? You
1: know, I think this is a real dose of reality for just people who worship these celebrities that, Their opinions matter nothing. Nothing at all. However, I did see a picture of Christy Teigen uh, in in front of the mirror. Two things. One,
2: she's got some nice floppers. Two, keep them coming, Christy. Keep them coming. Because I saw something on her that she was, like, ripping apart, folks. First of all, I'm not a big fan of Teigen. But I did see – let me find this. But there was something in page six where I think some folks were – were they, like, weight-shaming her? And then she attacked. She me, fights back. She, she's active on social
1: platforms. And if you were, you come after
2: her, she comes after you. I like her. I, I, I like her a lot. Yeah, here. This is on page six. I knew I saw this earlier today. And by the way, we're recording this on Monday night, April 27th. This drops. Fresh episode drops on Tuesday morning, April 28th. And yeah, I knew I, I saw this earlier. Chrissy Teigen slams trolls. For body shaming her swimsuit video And these celebrities And I've got a whole list that I've kind of made a note of Chrissy Teigen Blasted body shamers After she posted a video showing off her figure In a sexy bathing suit I never post thirst traps But here I am Oh here's the audio from the video on her Twitter feed Here listen to her
3: I never post thirst traps It's here I am Trapping you in (laughs) thirst. With thirst. And she's like, I never post
2: thirst traps. She's like touching herself and like moving around in this awkward, sexy attempt on her Twitter video. It's really freaking awkward, Fester, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, the only thing awkward is the way it's making me feel down
2: there she is fine I like her yeah I'm not a Chrissy Teigen fan I'm sorry and then oh did you see the pictures of Sophia Vergara from what modern family she's 47 years old and she's posed in a matching thong bikini with her 27 year old niece froggy look this up quickly Sophia Vergara oh Fester. Uh, I, I'm
3: looking oh, I'm looking oh, Fester's Don't already got
2: it look Fester's already got it on his phone he's already got the oh, picture oh
3: my God Gosh. Look at this. Which one? No, she has to be the one on the. Which she's one the, is she? She's the one closest to the column,
2: guys. I, she is twenty years older than her niece, and you can't tell which is which, and they both have the exact same
3: body. Her yeah. niece's ass <laughs>
0: is <I> unbelievable. <laughs> oh it my. is
3: superb. It, it is superb.
2: But the, the point is, with all these celebrities, it's like they're craving attention right now because the normal attention machine is shut down. So they're craving, look at me, look at me. So all these celebrities are like the, the Hadid, Gigi, and Bella. I mean, they're posting pictures. Look at this. Pregnant Hilaria Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's wife, is posting Pictures of her, she's pregnant with a baby bump, and she's posting pictures of herself in lingerie in front of a mirror. I mean, what the hell is going
3: on here? She's sexy, too, man. I think I have a thing for pregnancies. Or not pregnancies, but pregnant women.
2: And then Ashley Tisdale. Oh, she's super hot, too. Where's that? Hold on a minute. Ashley Tisdale bears all in quarantine photos. I mean, these celebs are going wild. Oh, my God. They're starving. They're starving for attention. They are. It's all over the place. Did you see any of the stories how some of the celebs are complaining that They don't have their housekeepers and maids and they have to do their own dishes and their own laundry and they have to clean their own toilets. It's, oh, I feel so bad for them. Like I said a few minutes ago, Fester, I'm thinking that this whole coronavirus thing might change our perception of what's important in life. And I think celebrities are losing some serious points. You know, I
1: saw Ellen DeGeneres, this might have been a week or so ago. Talking about how being in her house is like being in jail, and she lives like in this huge mansion on the uh, or on the Pacific Ocean.
3: Yeah, oh, great. Shh. Shut Please up, Ellen. You know a what? Picture of her
2: in a bikini. <laughs> Fester, you're right. There are several stories that I've seen of celebrities complaining about how they're in like home detention and they're in these giant mansions. You're right. It's it's like shut the hell up. And also Ellen DeGeneres, she's getting some crap because she's doing her show now with like all non-union folks and they like totally blew off all of her union crew. So there are numerous stories out there about the the world is seeing the real Ellen DeGeneres and she's not that nice. But the celebrities online, they're going crazy with their bikini shots and attention-getting, look at me, look at me, videos and pictures, because they're absolutely starving for attention. Hey, speaking of attention, if you would like to give us some attention, you can always write the MJ Morning Show podcast. We are back. If you go to MJMorningShow.com, you can email Email us from the website or just send the email off directly. MJ at MJ Morning dot com. MJ at MJ dot com. Fester also sold, what, three more RVs this week, Fester? I sold three RVs this week just to people who have been related or brought up the
1: coronavirus in the, in their search for a recreational vehicle. Uh, one guy is at his wits end with society and he's ready to just go off the grid yeah another another person had to buy a home for uh, or a place for her sister to live because she got kicked out of her place because she works in a high risk job yeah. and her roommate kicked her out and another couple another couple is going to self quarantine uh, uh, their son when he comes back into the country I I sold several RVs this week, but just of those several, three of them had Corona related stories.
2: And for those that don't know, after the MJ Morning Show, Fester tried his hand at a couple of things and then settled in the RV business. Fester is an RV salesman. So if you're ever in the market for an RV, send an email to MJ at com, and I'll put you in touch with Fester and you can go ahead and buy your RV from him. Hey, did you guys see the Lysol toilet bowl cleaner tweet that I put out last Friday? No. No. Do you guys even check my Twitter feed at Todd Schnitt at T O D D S C H N I T T? Do you even check it?
1: Sparingly. I saw you make <laughs> a do. joke about drinking bleach.
2: Well, no, that's well, that's sort of the point. You know, with Trump saying last week we ought to look into disinfecting and injecting and and uh, ingesting disinfectant. I put out a tweet. I was in the bathroom and I noticed <laughs> Michelle. Michelle has this Lysol. Toilet bowl cleaner. I'm like, hey man, that's a that's a that's a that's a pretty funny tweet. So I take a picture of this toilet bowl cleaner while I'm sitting on the toilet, and uh, that's a good image, isn't it? So I took no. I, <laughs> I took a picture of this Lysol toilet bowl cleaner, and I put out a tweet. I'm taking coronavirus preventive measures now. In a few minutes, I'll inject and drink this Lysol toilet bowl cleaner, which kills 99.9% of viruses and bacteria. Asterisk, asterisk, that's what's on the label. What really sold me on this is the 10X cleaning power, and there's this big, huge, red 10X cleaning power on the top, and then I said, hey, I'll provide regular updates on progress. Listen, most folks know that... I'm joking around. But can you believe that some people were like, you better take that down. Some people might really take you seriously and drink your Lysol toilet bowl cleaner. Give me a freaking break. Although... We did hear stories that after Trump made that comment that calls to like poison control centers went up and several states and governors had to issue warnings. Don't ingest like bleach. Don't inject yourself with disinfectants. But still, who the hell is stupid enough that they would really ingest Lysol toilet bowl cleaner because of my tweet?
3: Probably anybody who did the Tide Pod
2: challenge
3: (laughs) or anything like that, you know. Just saying. Hey, you're
2: probably right. (laughs) Hey, so Froggy, this is great, Froggy on Saturday night, it's like midnight, and Froggy is frantically texting me because, (laughs) well, Froggy, you tell the story while you were watching Saturday Night Live.
3: Well, guys, I've made it. I'd like to announce that I debuted on SNL, Saturday a- Night
2: Live, they did another one of those at-home episodes where everything was shot at the actors' homes. And Froggy, do you want to make the announcement, or should I make the announcement regarding Kenan Thompson?
3: I don't know. I mean, he, he you go ahead because I, I don't want to take, I don't want to be blamed if anything happens from well, this. Well,
2: nothing's going to happen. We're not giving out any addresses. But Froggy told me this a long time ago. Kenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live, who obviously has an apartment in New York, but he also has a home in Tampa, in town and country. And Kenan Thompson's house is literally right across the canal from where Froggy lives in town and country. So Froggy's, right. watch, Froggy's watching SNL, and there's Kenan Thompson. And what, was,
3: was he in his backyard or something? I think there was a couple of seconds. I only saw the one, uh, What's Up With That, which was hilarious. What's up with that?
2: What's up with that? My favorite part of that was always when Jason Sudeikis just (laughs) jumps in in his his red Adidas tracksuit. But Froggy's like texting me off the hook. My God, you can see my house. And literally behind Kenan Thompson doing What's Up With That out the window, Froggy's house is right across
3: the canal from where Keenan Thompson's Tampa place is. Could you imagine, guys, if I would have known that? I would and, and walked out there naked or something, like when they were taping it just in the corner, like you could see me, but oh God, so many things I could have done. I right, dude,
2: you've gotta get Keenan Thompson now on the podcast. Now, out of respect I'm just saying, listen, Froggy lives in town and country. I'm not giving out any addresses at all. Of course, I would never do that. But Froggy, do you know him? Can you knock on the Well, it's probably not a good idea to knock on the, no. the, the door. No, can, I don't know him. But Froggy, can you like go out on your dock in your backyard? And you're only like, what, 50 feet or 50 yards across the canal. Can you spot him in the backyard and just say like, Hey, Kenan! It's Froggy from the MJ Morning Show. Uh, any chance we can get you on
3: the podcast next week? Listen, I've tried to make contact. I sent you a video of uh, me catching a fish in my yard. Yeah, I've got that. And and I see him, and I go, what's up, Keenan? And every time I say hi to him, he just turns right turns around, turns right back in his house. <laughs> Here's the thing. It also might be that I think, I'm pretty sure, probably about 10 times his wife, has caught me across the canal staring at her ass as she lays out in a bikini. All right,
2: ladies and gentlemen, breaking news here on the MJ Morning Show podcast. Froggy has told me no less than a hundred times about Kenan Thompson's wife's buttocks and her rear end and... Boys. Froggy, does your wife know that you're fantasizing about Keenan Thompson's wife's ass across the canal from your uh, backyard?
3: Well, every time I yes, she does know because I do talk about it a lot when I come back in the house and I'm frantically sweating being like your ass is out again. I got to go fish because that's when I choose to fish when she's laying out. That's that's when I'm out there. <laughs> and a couple times I think I'm pretty sure she spotted me just like uh cuz she's like some sort of like Maxim model, I think she used to be a Maxim model, maybe. Dude, did she was not-
1: back in the house. And she's like Keenan, you know, the pauper who lives across the water <laughs> Is looking at me again, and she's lusting
2: for me, uh, Fester. She, how did she talk like that? She, she, she might. Do? Does she, she look like she does? I don't know. <laughs> I, what are you saying? She's like Sophia
3: Vergara from Modern Family or something?
2: Maybe that's <laughs> Her what I, he does. Your yeah.
3: booty compares to that, I would say. Oh,
2: man, we're shooting up any chance of getting him on the podcast. Froggy, do you have a drone? Can you fly a drone over with a message? Hey, Kenan, I'm your neighbor. I'm Froggy. From the, and Dude, that's
3: creepy. You know, he How might... creepy is that? That's <laughs> creepy. <Do> that. <laughs> I, would,
2: I would shoot that out of the sky.
3: <laughs> Listen, guys. Yeah. I think Hurricane knows him. Why don't you ask Hurricane to get him on the show? He's the one who posted that he went to a party over there.
2: Wait a minute. What do you mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Froggy
1: put the video on Facebook of him catching a fish yeah. and yelling, hey, Keenan, hey, hey Keenan. Hey, hey, and he's, as he's trying to reel in this minnow that's yeah. breaking his arm. Yeah. And one of the comments is Hurricane posted, oh, I must have been in your neighborhood. <laughs> I was at a party at his house one fourth of July.
2: Wait a minute! And why the hell would Hurricane be at Kenan Thompson? What's up with that? What's up with that? Why, why the hell would Hurricane be at Kenan Thompson's house for a Fourth of July party? Because he's the FedEx man, and he's dropping off the
3: fireworks. I don't know. I can't put it Dying together, here, sir. Come on, Fester. I, I would think that their wives are friends. I think maybe. Really? I don't know. Ask them.
2: Well, did Keenan Thompson's wife did she go to like high school in Tampa? Is she a, is she a, a Tampa? Maybe Keenan donated like to a charity the, the invitation to his 4th of July party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hurricane won
2: it like a blind right. ride. Listen, I don't I have no idea, Froggy. You, ha- this is your mission. I want you between now and next week's podcast. You must make contact somehow with Keenan Thompson and invite him onto the podcast. You're his freaking neighbor. You live right behind him, right across the canal. Yeah, Ask him. Man. Come on, send I, the send the drone over with a message.
3: Okay, I will do that if you shave your poof live on Instagram.
2: (laughs) Listen, my my hair is extra poofy because, first of all, before the whole coronavirus lockdown, I was already like a month and change late getting a haircut. So now you can imagine I haven't been able to get a haircut. And then now I have no – because I'm not going out of the house uh, for anything important, so I'm not using gel or product to tame my curls or frizziness, so I look uh, like a, a complete wacko uh, with my yeah. my hair all poofed up over here with a you know big giant fro
3: going on. Look like you're about to race Danny Zunko for <laughs> some pink slips there, Kaniki. Jesus Christ! Hey, uh,
2: speaking of Tampa, and Tom Brady is lucky that he didn't get shot walking into like the wrong house. I
1: saw a picture of the two houses. He was trying to go to the one of the coaches' houses. Yeah, and the house next door looks really similar. So I could understand, oh, I live in the gray house with the white roof. They both were gray. They both had white roofs. I could understand. The thing is, Tom just kind of barged in like he's barging in on a friend. Right. Throws his uh, duffel bag down. He's like, uh, (laughs) am I I in the right place? And the guy's like, I think in his underwear eating Captain Crunch. And he's like, is this a dream? (laughs) Tom Brady walks into my house.
2: That's insane. But listen, in Tampa, plenty of folks are armed and dangerous in Tampa and the Tampa Bay area. So Tom is kind of lucky that he got a guy that recognized him and said, oh my God, Tom Brady's in my house. So Tom Brady, he got thrown out of a Tampa park. So like two times in a week, he's exercising in a closed Tampa Bay uh, park in Tampa. And then he walks into some guy's house, wrong house.
3: I heard a rumor that, some houses have these numbers on them that separates them. It's called the uh,
0: address.
3: <laughs> address. Ad- address? Nope. Ad-
2: address? <laughs> There's something called an address. So you look for the number to make sure you go to the right house? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah,
3: usually they're the, on the <laughs> mailbox, right in front of your face.
2: Hey, guys, what do you say we get one of our old bosses on the phone, Tommy Chuck? He was the program director when the MJ Morning Show ended. Fester, can you bring him in on the Skype? Hey, fellas! Tommy, Chuck. You know, I was trying to think of all the bosses we had. So, Fester, the program directors we had. We had BJ, and BJ, of course, was part of the morning show. MJ and BJ. Uh, right. After BJ, we had uh, Taco Boy, Booger, Jeff Capucci. We had Dom- Domino. Domino was the program director and boss for uh, Dom Theodore. And then, uh, are we missing anybody? Then, then Tommy, Chuck, or Tommy? Who did you replace?
0: Well, Kane was the program director that I replaced. He was he was the PD for, I don't know, like nine Three months. Years?
2: I don't think we ever talked to him. I don't think we <laughs> ever had any contact with him as the morning show. He was show. our boss. I, for- I didn't even know that. Wait a minute. I'm the- I am first finding out that Kane
3: was the, the program director. Of the re- I had no idea. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, when we were on the air, he was? Yeah, Yeah, that's who I replaced. He was the yeah. program director when, uh, J- when Jeff went to D.C., and Kane became the, the, the PD. Uh, and then. But wait
2: a sec. But Doug Hammond was the operations manager? Yeah. Okay, that's why. Because we dealt with Doug. We didn't deal with, with Kane at all. Mm. Anyway, hey, uh, so Tommy Chuck, you were the last program director the MJ Morning Show had. So if you don't mind, I want to put you on the spot here. What would you say, <laughs> and, and be honest here. Listen, be honest here. Okay. What, what was the most frustrating thing about me, MJ, and dealing with me and The Morning
0: Show. Wow. You know, there were two or three times you guys didn't do what I wanted you to do. <laughs> like, no, he just asked about himself. The, the most frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess the most frustrating was probably the Harry Potter book. Oh, yeah. Situation. That was probably the most frustrating. There was a lot of stuff that, that happened that at the time, you know, I was so young. I was 24 when I got the job. Uh, there were a lot of things at the time that seemed really stressful and oh you know overwhelming. Do you it, think it, it you were ready to pitch. deal with
2: us? Do you think you were ready to deal with our type of morning show or I mean, you were really kind of learning on the job, right?
0: I was, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, probably not. I probably wasn't <laughs> ready, but I was blessed that I had people that gave me the opportunity and um, you know, and then there were people kind of up the chain that had had much more experience that kind of helped you know guide the way.
2: All right, so the Harry Potter book. I don't think we've discussed that on the show, have we? Have we done that on the podcast? We have
0: not. Man, okay. I mean, that was scary. You want to I go ahead? I, Shot I have it? the FBI in my office.
2: Yeah, all right, so go ahead and tell the story of the Harry Potter incident, and then I'll fill in the holes if, if you're missing any of the uh, actual pieces.
0: As I recall, somebody, I don't know who, delivered a box of Harry Potter books, and I was trying to think which one it was because I, I was thinking about it the other night because I'm actually reading my son uh, one of the Harry Potter books, and I was trying to think, is that the one? Um, but anyway, uh, we got a box of books, and 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 the idea was we were going to give them away. That's so like, win it before you can buy yeah, it. Yeah. The problem was you posted a picture of you standing next <laughs> to this pile of books on the website. <laughs> it's a whole case. And somebody from Scholastic <laughs> caught wind of it, and next thing you know, there's the FBI in my office demanding the books. And and of course I gave them to him, but you were furious. And if I if I remember this correctly, was that one of the times where you quit yeah. in the middle of the show? Yeah. And I walked. Did. Out? I,
2: walk, I was did. so I was so effing pissed off. All right, let me fill in some holes on the story. A listener contacts me and says, Hey, I can get a hold of a couple of cases of Harry Potter books. I'm like, How? Well, we got them at our store, and we're, we've got these orders. You don't open them up. And it was, I, it was like the two boxes, two cases of books. And I said to the guy, well, you can't steal them. I don't want hot merchandise here. So I said... <laughs> I'll give you the money. I'll give you the money for the full retail value, and then when they go on sale, you just ring them up, and here's the money plus the tax, and you put the money in the cash register. So, I, Fester, I met the guy. I met him on West Shore Boulevard, just past the Dollhouse. You know, on the on the left side, you have those uh, office buildings. Yeah. Right past, if you're going uh, north on West Shore, just past the dollhouse, I met him in the back parking lot of one of those buildings, and I gave him the cash. It was X number of books at full face value, figured up the seven and a half or eight and a half, whatever the sales tax was. I gave him cash. For the exact amount. So I bought these books, and he swore that he was going to take the money because he had to account for the books not being in the store. And he was going to put all the money in the cash register and ring these up as they were sold. But we had the books, like, I think a week or 10 days before the sale date. And I said, hey, we're giving them away. And then... All hell broke loose.
3: That's not a pretty shady deal going on there. Did the guy look like Tony Soprano? I don't know who the guy was. He's
2: behind a building with a fistful of cash? You're lucky you didn't get whacked. Well, but also, the other part of the story was, is if I'm not mistaken, that Doug Hammond was also involved with you, Tommy, and that was part of the whole meltdown here. As you guys demanded the books, and we couldn't give them away. This is after I built this up on the air, but also I think the FBI, or the investigators of Scholastic, they were demanding to know where I got them, and I would not roll over, I would not give the name, the phone number, I would not give any information on how
0: I actually got the books. And at the end, did you take a machine gun to one of the books? I did. We
2: saved one copy. Oh, look at Fester. Fester wants to jump in on this.
1: It was the 2007 Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows (laughs) book. That was the book. Right. And we saved one, and we took it to...
2: Was it Shooter's World or or Shoot Straight? This was before Shooter's World. It was shoot straight we yeah, went to. It was shoot straight before the shooter's world was even around on Fletcher. And we we strung up the Harry Potter book and I used an MP five H and K MP five fully automatic machine gun and I unloaded hundreds of nine millimeter rounds into the book and turned it into
3: freaking confetti. Did you feel better about that, or did you—why did you do that, dude? Uh, it just felt, I was there with him. Yeah, it he felt better. It felt good,
2: and also it was great content. And the video, if I'm not mistaken, is still on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and type in MJ Morning Show Harry Potter Machine Gun, I'm pretty sure the video will come up of me blasting the hell out of this thing.
3: That's like something that, you know, when somebody commits a crime, and then they, they're like— Everybody thought he was normal until these videos showed up, and you're shooting a gun. <laughs> That's like premeditated murder yeah. action, dude. What are you doing? What a psycho! All right,
2: Tommy Chuck, what else gave you Ajuna? What else gave you heartburn, uh, either from me personally or the show?
0: Yeah, I don't know. There was a, a lot of little things. I I, I remember uh, we got new studio carpet, and it was like two days before Froggy had dropped a big wad of gum on it, and ruined it. <laughs> Great. Oh
3: yeah. yeah. Well. There's a lot of
0: stuff <laughs> like to- that. I used to spit on the studio floor just to make Fester laugh. So. Yeah. And then, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, I used to get real frustrated with you because, remember, you used to be calling, like, Twitter and Facebook a fad. And now, look, you're like, you're like the, the biggest guy on – you're like the, the best follow on Twitter now. All
2: right. Now, hold on a minute. Now, I hate Facebook. I think Facebook – I hate it. I absolutely, I can't stand Facebook to this day. I only maintain the old MJ Morning Show account, which has like 27,000 followers uh, still, and only maintain Facebook to promote the podcast. Now, I, I, I posted for the first time in years when we relaunched the podcast. Now, Twitter, I've been pretty active since March of 2011, and then I started doing a little bit of Instagram, but I gotta be honest, I still, I hate social media. I think, listen, I understand the importance of social media, but I think it's really screwed us up as human beings. I said this from the beginning, and I'm still right today. Over a decade later, I think that social media has screwed with some of our interpersonal connections and communications, and it's not as much face-to-face and eye-to-eye anymore. It's electronic, and we've lost the art of conversation. The same thing with text messages. There are people that are like, hey, uh, can I call you? Want to talk? Huh? What? And, you know, people just want to text, but you lose the the beauty of human interpersonal communications and the art
3: of a conversation. Let me ask you a question, MJ. Yeah. You think I want to converse with you face to face with that creature on your head right now? <laughs> Holy
2: cow. Did you take another screenshot? Are you going to post it up on your Facebook page of, of my, my poofy hair with, with no gel and I'm, I'm two and a half or three months past a haircut right now?
3: Yeah, it's my weekly MJ poof picture, of course. All right, it's Tommy, the poof pic.
2: Tommy, let's talk about the turkey fryer fire. Now, we addressed this on one of the very early podcast episodes where I told a lot of the behind-the-scenes truth of what happened. And this has sort of always been an area where it seemed that you didn't want to go, you didn't want to talk about it. So all these years later, do you have any issues talking about the turkey fryer fire?
0: Well, it makes a good story, you know? Second-degree arson charges hanging over our head for a couple of months.
2: Dude, you were scared shitless. Come on, admit it. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, absolutely, I was. You talk about stressful times for young Tommy. That was yeah. one of them. <laughs> and, you uh, know, and, it, uh, it was. A, it was a shame that it. it I guess, pardon the pun, blew up like it did. Um, but it, it was a. <laughs> it was a really good learning experience because, you know, what I think about all, when I see all this talk of you know Trump and his fake news, fake news, fake news. This. Well, when you're in the middle of a major news story, like we were in the middle of it at that time, it's incredible how stories get sensationalized. There are errors made, there are omissions. That, and that becomes the narrative that okay. the public hears.
2: All right, so that's a good point. Let's pick it up there. So we've talked about it. I want to hear, unfiltered, I want to hear your perceptions. And for those that know the show, you know the deal. We did the turkey fryer Thanksgiving uh, episode every single year where we were demonstrating the dangers of a turkey fryer fire. And Fester would set up some kind of like a, a live diorama of a living room or you know, just to demonstrate why you should never fry a turkey in your house and it would torch the furniture. For a number of years, the fire department was there. They helped us out. They were part of the bit. But then, uh, Fester, you told the story that with the new mayor that they said that we don't think the new mayor wants to be a part of this and, you know, if there's a problem, just call 911. So we got a van from Joe Gonzalez at Gonzalez Plumbing, who I still use to this day because he's the super plumber. And we got an old van of theirs, and we decided to, our new angle was going to be, don't fry a turkey inside your RV or inside a van. And, of course, uh, the van catches on fire. But, Fester, you also did all the right things. You guys had all the fluids drained, the gas tank taken out. Everything was removed from this van, so we actually did some due diligence. We
1: did, and uh, the, it still couldn't have gone any worse.
2: Okay, so the whole thing, the thing, <laughs> the thing exploded. The van is a fully involved uh, fire. The fire department has to come. It's a mess. So, Tommy Chuck, we've never really spoken about this. This is many years later. What, what year was Turkey Fryer Fire? Was that 2010 or 2011 or when what, 2009? when was that? I think it was the Christmas of 2009. Okay. So, Tommy, after all these years, why don't you tell me your thoughts, what the media got wrong, what was the fake news? Give me all the different angles on the Turkey fryer fire as you were like a new budding uh, program director.
0: Well, my favorite part of the whole story was uh, my quote that I I gave to the media, and it was, we were prepared to extinguish a modest blaze. (laughs) 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 This was not a modest blaze.
2: (laughs) No. So, so, Fester had a couple of fire extinguishers. Dave Legaretta was standing by with the garden hose on the side of the building. <laughs>
0: and he's trained, by the way. I felt good about that because he was like in the Coast Guard and he was a fireman or yeah. something.
2: All right. Yeah, now, he's great. All right. Now, what do you think the media got wrong? What was blown out of proportion? What was really mangled?
0: Well, the story became that the firefighter was injured. Yep. It was, you know, firefighter injured when radio station stunt goes wrong. And... You know, there's the pictures of the van on fire in the parking <laughs> right. lot, and, um, you know, look, we we had a a lot of cameras on that, and uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say that uh, somebody was not telling the truth, but well it, it became the story, and it shouldn't have been i mean that had that really had nothing well, to do with it listen, this
2: thing. even that Bill Wade guy who loved us for years, he turned on us like a pit bull, and it was it was unfair and we've already told the story. I've already opined on this, and it was just grossly mispresented in the fact that no firefighter got injured because we had four cameras set up, and in fact. A firefighter that worked either for the city of Tampa or for Hillsborough County owned the video company that shot a lot of our videos. So we had him and his crew on the scene. With all of our angles, we never saw the firefighter get injured. He claimed that he pulled his back while rolling up a hose. So it wasn't even really uh, fire related. But there was no image We had the whole thing covered and recorded, and at no point did we ever see the firefighter look like he torqued his back. We even had video of him jumping on the truck and getting on a cell phone like nothing had happened. You remember that, right, uh, Tommy?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So many different
1: layers. I mean, there there was the fire, the the morning show knuckleheads, injures a firefighter hero, a veteran firefighter a firefighter, the, the VH video company we use, who I'm still friends with today, yep. worked for the same agency, so many politics, and then wasn't there the sergeant's meeting or the state fire marshal meeting in town?
2: Yeah, so the state fire marshal had some kind of a meeting, and here we are in the middle of our stunt. We got all the big fire bigwigs from the whole state of Florida in town. They all rushed to the scene, so that exacerbated uh, the issue, so it became this gigantic mess, and I think the state fire marshal made the comment, because we had heard the quote that I want those guys' heads on a stick. We're going to make an (laughs) example. Seriously, we're going to make an example out of them. So it was just the whole story took on a life of its own. And then Bill Wade, who was the spokesperson, he exacerbated the issue and gave interviews to all the local TV stations and said that this was really bad. A firefighter got injured. And I'm calling BS to this day that no firefighter got injured during that event. And, Tommy, this actually bothered me is we knew this. Internally, we were talking about this behind the scenes, that no firefighter was injured, and I wanted to go on the air and talk about that to clean up our reputation and say, guys, no firefighter was injured. We've got video to prove it, and you guys didn't, you thought that was too hot, and you wouldn't let me try to sell, uh, set the story
0: straight back in the day. I think your uh, quote at the time was, you're folding <laughs> like a folding chair. <laughs> for, no, uh, no, a card table.
3: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> You're folding
2: like, you guys are folding like like cheap Walmart card tables.
0: Yeah, but listen, I'm glad the fire department seems to be okay with us now. And some good did come of it because we got to volunteer a bunch of time at Shriners Hospital. Yeah. And we we got I, my dream came true of riding in the uh, Shriners clown yeah. car. And
2: yeah, guess what? You know how much money that cost me? How much yeah, I had to it, donate? I think it was $10,000. 10, right? gr- I had I a shell out ten. dollars Thousand dollars, uh, but listen, it was for a good cause, it was uh, for a charitable cause. I hired John Fitzgibbons, the same lawyer that uh, worked with uh, Deborah LeFave, too pretty for prison. He was my lawyer negotiating the deal, but also I've got the full report still from uh, Mark Ober's office, the, the state attorney's office, and Mark Ober's office. They really, in the whole report, said that it wasn't arson. That they, There was no way that we were going to be charged with arson or remotely convict. They were not going to prosecute and press charges and take that to trial with arson hanging over our heads. They had no case in that department.
0: Well, it was a long six months of waiting. That's for sure. I'll
2: tell you what, though. That really did change the trajectory of morning show stunts after that, didn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. it has got a lot
3: more boring. A lot more boring. Don't get to play in the parking lot anymore. Let's play some more of the Roses. All
1: right,
2: so uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, Fester. No,
1: Tommy, do you remember the next, was it the next morning or the next business day? MJ, you flew to Colorado. I did. Yeah. I, I think the show ended on a Thursday that year because we took that Friday off. So the next morning, Tommy and I had to go to Ron Cacciatore's office, our lawyer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Cacciatore. yeah, we did. And he's, a, he was a, he's, he's, a, he's a full-figured uh, southern gentleman, right? And he's, you boys did what? <laughs> with what? How? Tell me the whole story again from the beginning. Don't leave anything out. And then Tommy would tell the story. Okay, tell you. Tell me the the chubby one. You tell me the story. <laughs> he heard the whole thing. And he said, "Guys, it'll pass. Don't worry, it'll pass." And he was right; it did. We paid, yeah. but it
2: passed. And listen, I've got full respect for first responders, police, firefighters, et cetera. But uh, I we had a firefighter that uh, I think told a fib that day, which is not indicative of all firefighters. But you know, again, that's one of those stories that's going in the book. Whenever I write this book, that's one of the stories that's going in the book. Tommy, before we let you go, a couple of things. What stunts, what things that we did on a grandiose scale that did not involve potential uh, 10 years in prison for arson? What other stunts did you... Oh, oh, and by the way, Fester, you're right. I left... For Vail to go skiing, that was the most miserable ski year that I had in Vail ever. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about, this is my last year where I'm going to be free. I'm going to be in a prison cell for like seven to eight years on RC. You'd Church. be getting out right about now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, oh my so, God. so, Tommy Chuck, what other stunts or what things that we did promotionally on a grandiose scale over the years that made an impression?
0: Well, I think now would be a good time to... to to bring up the Curtis and Co-Cab t-shirt sale.
2: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: so that yeah. was, a, that, I, I just saw something that reminded me of that the other day. And and that was incredible to see the power of the MJ Morning Show. And within a couple of weeks, we'd sold so many shirts. Uh, it, it was, our, well, I think we raised over $100,000 for those we families. Did. I, think a, I,
2: I think it was 126. Well, listen, we did it multiple times. We, I still
0: see those shirts
3: yeah, on
2: and about. We did, uh, we had a Tampa police officer that was killed by a homeless guy, if I'm not mistaken. Officer John Roberts. John Roberts. Then uh, we had Curtis and CoCab. And then we also had the St. Petersburg Saint Pete. police officer. Remember that? They lost three officers yeah. like
1: in a two week span. Yeah. And, and we did something for the St. Pete officers.
2: Altogether, we raised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. For these fallen police officers' families, which uh, was, you know, our pleasure to do. And I remember saying with these successful campaigns, I hope we never have to sell another one of these T-shirts to raise money ever, ever again. Also, uh, Hannah Monstrosity, that was, yeah. that was a mass. That was grandiose. That was as big as it gets. Remember
0: that one? Yeah. Yeah, that story arc was incredible from start to finish. Where, um, you know, Kim Froggy's wife—I I, don't—she I, deserves so much credit for building this statue, getting the statue built. It was a giant Hannah Montana, it was, Miley Cyrus it was statue. Four, it was 14 feet high or something. What did yeah. that cost? We had the 12 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was 12 grand but we were doing a contest and you put your hands on Hannah and people right. had to stay in the radio station parking lot 24/7 and it lasted over a week I yeah. feel like yeah. and they were competing for meet and greets front row tickets to see Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana and concert at the arena and and I think it was 10 grand. We threw in a cash yeah, prize. Yeah, it was big. Too. Yeah, I don't remember who won but anyway, the contest happened. We ended up uh, taking the statue to the concert, and I think Fester, <laughs> didn't you pull it across the street and people did yeah. to take pictures with it? I, I put it on. I, I had a
1: a lawn trailer that I kept in the back of the radio station for things like this, and yeah. I towed it around the Emily Arena, and people took pictures with it. And then after that was done, Tommy. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, that's what I was going to say. The best part was we were trying to figure out how we're going to get rid of it, and I don't know whose idea it was, but we we dropped the city bus from a crane onto this statue and just obliterate it. <laughs> Now, what was the story? The city
2: bus, this was an old, like, heartline bus that was in a junkyard, and then we used, what, Sims' crane to lift up the city bus and then drop the bus on Hannah Monstrosity, and I think that's on YouTube as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, the video still lives on YouTube. Yeah, Tommy well, be, still being in the business, do You had any morning shows come up to you and pitch anything close to stuff like that? <laughs> or, and would you be like, "Get out of here"? Uh,
0: I wouldn't be get out of here. I mean, listen, that's. I mean, all these things where we really didn't get in trouble were really fun. I think about like uh, I get asked this question a lot. What are, What are the most memorable, uh, you know, bits and stunts? And Hannah Monstrosity is definitely one of them. Uh, but number two and number three are. Gas phantom and fireworks oven. <laughs> the, gas phantom. Yeah, the gas <laughs> and- phantom
2: was when gas prices went really high. We sent Dave Legaretta, the laughing uh, maintenance guy, and we sent Legoretta out, and he would just walk up to people and hand them 50 bucks to pay for their tank of gas. Oh. And then we we planted the story. All the local media was picking up on, there's a gas, and we even called it the gas the phantom. Gas phantom. We, we planted the name in the media as well, and then all the local stations, Channel 13, Channel 8, Channel 10, Channel 28, all of the local Tampa stations were doing, and uh, Tampa Bay, uh, back then it was what, the Tampa Tribune and the St. Pete Times, Uh, They were doing stories on the gas phantom. Then we finally, after weeks of it, as the reports were still, and the gas phantom strikes again, he paid for gas for five people. And then he, the gas phantom, remember, he called a press conference. (laughs) We, we had him call a press conference at a gas station, and all the all the local cameras and photographers, all the newspapers were there. And right there, as he's being interviewed, he rips open his shirt to reveal an, an MJ Morning Show t-shirt.
0: <laughs> that, that, was, that was a brilliant promotion.
2: Tommy, anything else before we let you go?
0: Well, I was hoping that on this episode of the podcast, it, it, I might see the great reveal of 11 years later of my wedding. Gift. Oh no. that's. Mm, <laughs> oh. So MJ <laughs> comes to my wedding, eats the food at the reception, <laughs> has a good time. And it's been 11 years. And I'm sure that gift is in the mail.
2: <laughs> oh boy. But I haven't uh, seen it yet. Hey, Froggy yeah. well I talked about this on the air. Froggy Fest, you remember this that I I think I talked about on the air that I never gave Tommy Chuck and his
0: wife a wedding gift. <laughs> well, actually, I, I wonder if that's true. Because we did get one gift that was a very nice gift, and it never had a card. It never said who it was from. And it makes me think that that maybe that was your wedding gift and You just played it up for the show.
1: Are you drunk? If MJ gave you something nice, he'd tell you right away and never let you forget it. Yeah, that's a great point. Who gave you that nice crystal bowl? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. that's That's a good point. Good point. He would never let you live it down. So that wasn't from MJ. If he says he stiffed (laughs) you, he stiffed you. Are are you guys,
2: are you and your wife still angry about this to this day? Man, that damn MJ, he stiffed us on the wedding gift.
0: Well, I'm not because I think it's funny, but she's furious.
2: (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> mj buy him a vitamix or something will you all right,
3: Get
2: all right. You a ninja all right tommy chuck uh, one of our former program directors uh, at flz and uh, the mj morning show tommy good stories good to have you on buddy
0: all right love you guys all right see you later, later. all
2: right froggy fester anything else before i play a classic froggy bit to close this episode out now, uh,
1: let's let's let's, no, let's, let's
2: put a bow on this thing. All right. So, Froggy, do you remember your call to Mr. Pooper or Mr. Poop?
3: I don't remember the exact call, but I know I called a Mr. Poop, a Mr. Diarrhea. A Mister Asshole, I believe I called <laughs> at some point. Well, it was. Mr. So, but uh, no, no. I'm anxious to hear It was Mister Azul, and you called him Mister Asshole or something. It's Mister Azul. <laughs> oh, Mister Asshole. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think Tommy gave me some stuff for that. <laughs> All right,
2: here it is. This is Froggy's call to Mister Poop. Hello.
3: Yes. Hi. Um, I am looking for a Mister. Um, says Pooper here. Mister Pooper, is this you?
1: No, it's
3: poop, not pooper. Oh, oh, okay, because it said, oh, this must be a misprint. I'm sorry. Can um, I help you? Yeah, well, my name is Scott, and I'm actually with the Coat of Arms and the Family Crest store, and I'm actually here to I'm offer not really, you.
1: I'm not really interested in anything like
3: that. Well, uh, Mr. Poop, if you just give me a chance I'm, to I'm explain. I'm really not
1: interested, so I'm busy right well, now. Well, it's, a,
3: it's, a, I, it's I, our best deal. Mr. Poop, it's our best deal ever, and if you've ever had. Do you have an interest in the, in the history of your last name?
1: No, none whatsoever.
3: Sir, if you could just give me a second to explain the great deal we have here at the Coat of Arms and Family Crest store. You're going to be able to have a framed picture of your family history, a whole laid out history of your family's last name. Every family wants I'm this thing. I'm not
1: interested in putting the word poop on my wall.
3: Well, can I ask you maybe just a little bit of the background of how you got that name?
1: My parents had it. Your That's parents' the
3: background. Were... That's it. I don't care about it. Well, your parents and, both and now... both your parents were named Poop? You stupid or what? So both your parents were Mr. and Mrs. Poop? I mean, how how did your friends refer to your parents when you were a youth? This is the kind of stuff we're looking for to get the real in-depth details you know of somebody's what? last name. They yes.
1: referred to me as Mr. and Mrs. I
3: hope you've had a
1: good time. I hope you had a good sir, laugh. Sir, I assure you, we're not extent, laughing. And I'm not if I really was to laugh,
3: if I was to laugh at your last name, sir, I would not have a job. This is a professional job. I told you, I'm calling from the Coat of Arms and Family Crest Store. All yeah, in one- well, When you saw the name, you
1: probably should have never even called in the beginning.
3: What you know, name? When I saw well where you're going. With when it. I saw what name, sir?
1: What, what are you talking? When you of? saw my last name, I'm sir. glad I
3: made your day, Mr. Poop. What would you yeah. like me to call you?
2: Hello? Hey guys, a couple of things before we roll out of here today. A couple of stories that I saw. Did you see the school teacher in New Jersey? that yelled at a high school kids that were playing in the park in the neighborhood, and this teacher, who they identified as a math teacher from their school, the teacher yelled, I hope you guys get coronavirus and die. Did oh, you Come on.
3: So did she get arrested?
2: Well, I mean, you can't make this crap up. Here, listen to this. This happened in New Jersey. A teacher at Steinert High School, Hamilton Township, New Jersey, identified by several sources as Nicole Griggs, taught in the district math for the past 15 years according to the Trentonian newspaper and she's out doing a, a social distancing walk and sees uh, these teens, this group of teens playing football in a park in the neighborhood and then just lets them have it. Here listen to what she said.
0: Am I screaming loud enough that you can hear me over your
1: music? The park
2: closed! You will get arrested if the cops Wait, can we go over there? Can we go over there? The
3: closed. The whole area. Get it?
2: She's yelling about the whole area's closed. The whole park's closed. Now, listen to this. Listen. Through your thick head. Get it through your thick head. You are the reason we are in this situation. She says you are the reason we're in this situation. What, the whole coronavirus thing? Now, listen. The kids, they should have been social distancing and not playing football with a group of kids in the park. I get it. But I think this is what got her in trouble. Listen. You are
0: the not the solution. Go ahead, keep recording. Who are you gonna show it to? You're the idiot doing the wrong thing.
2: So you're an idiot doing the wrong thing, and they're rec- and she sees they're recording her with the phone. So
1: I'm just trying to save your ass and save your life, but die. Okay.
2: I hope both of you get the coronavirus. I hope you both die a long, painful death. I hope you both get the coronavirus and die a long, painful death. Anyway, she's been identified as this math teacher at the high school. The kids go to the high school where she teaches, and now the school system is investigating. Probably not the smartest thing to do, guys. Do you think the students knew that this was Miss Griggs from the math class as they're getting yelled at? Uh, Isn't that
1: your homeroom teacher?
2: (laughs) Yep. Didn't you have Miss Griggs for uh, geometry a couple of years back or whatever? Anyway, uh, the... School system is investigating. I don't know if she's going to lose her job or whatever. Oh, and finally, before we get out of here today, you think this is real or do you think this is made up? Have you ever seen the Dear Prudence columns where they write Dear Prudence? I think we used to read some of these on the morning show every once in a while years ago, right? Is that like an etiquette column or something? You know, it's it's like Ann Landers or that Dear Abby crap where you, yeah. you write in for advice and this came off of the Slate website. I guess they do Dear Prudence. And you think this is a real story or you think they made this crap up just because they were looking for content that was like coronavirus centric. And, of course, with all of the Zoom conferences and Facebook meetings and all the WebEx meetings going on with everyone social distancing and everyone at home, this you know sort of fits the bill for having content that's related. So listen to this. This alleged writer, which I still think that they wrote this themselves and then answered it themselves. Dear Prudence, I recently hosted a Zoom call for my work team. At the end of the call, I was sent the transcript for the meetings group chat as it contained some important notes. I was also accidentally sent the transcript for a private chat between my coworkers, Lisa and Natalie. I thought we were on good terms. We grabbed drinks outside of work, exchanged holiday cards last year. But during that brief chat, Lisa told Natalie, it looked like I had eaten all of my quarantine food already. She she added that if she ever weighed as much as I did, she'd kill herself. (laughs) Na- Jesus. <laughs> Natalie replied with laughing emojis. While I'm not sensitive about my weight, these comments gutted me. I feel humiliated and wish I had never seen them. I've subsequently had a brief enjoy your weekend message from Natalie. I don't think either of them realizes that I saw their chat transcript. I'm hesitant to contact HR because, A, I dread other people seeing the transcript, B, I hate conflict and disruption, and C, I don't want Lisa and Natalie to lose their jobs, but I don't know how to move forward without addressing this. Should I go to HR? Uh, And, D, she hates
1: (laughs) exercise.
2: (laughs) Jeez. Is that true that you can get a, a transcript? Uh, listen, I'm sure you can get a transcript of the Zoom chat, but you can get a transcript even before you join the call. If you're the host, you can get a transcript of all the other people talking?
1: I don't know. The only Zoom calls I've ever been on is with my daughter's second-grade teacher, and
2: God knows what those co- transcripts look like. But I've never heard of that. Uh, what do you think? Festa real or fake? You think they made this up at Dear Prudence so they could answer it?
1: I think they
3: made it up. Yeah, just to give something to talk about. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't think know,
2: man. I, I think they made this up as well. I think well. it's
3: real. You know, because I I came in just the other day because my son uses my computer for his class in the morning now, and they were having problem getting the microphone on or whatever. And I came in here in my underwear, not even thinking about it, and my man, like my man, tit was like in the camera. <laughs> And the kids like saw it. My bare chest.
2: Well, they're having the issue where there was the Zoom bombing classrooms, and some school systems they stopped using Zoom because of some security issues and hacks. And we talked. Like we talked about it. I think a couple episodes ago that people were like busting in from who knows where, and they're like yelling profanity and they're showing like naked <laughs> pictures to a whole class. The frog, That's not funny.
3: That's brilliant, actually.
1: It's it's not. Why can't somebody break into this Skype call and show naked pictures?
2: (laughs) That's not funny, guys. Come on. Anyway, I'm not going to even read the answer from Dear Prudence because that's irrelevant. But I just... I think that the... (laughs) I think the initial question, I think they made that up. I think they stacked the deck on that. Fester, you you had a a little laugh at the— Listen, you're a hefty guy. You had a little laugh that they're, they're talking about the host eating all of her quarantine food already?
1: I love people talking about me, good, bad, or indifferent. Listen, you guys want to make fat jokes
2: about me, let me know. I'll laugh with you. All right, folks, that's it. Episode 21 of the MJ Morning Show podcast. Again, if you have any questions or comments, there are so many ways to get a hold of us. You can leave a voice. You know what? I'm so clogged up on voicemail. We've been so jammed on these episodes. I haven't played any voicemails for a couple episodes, so i got to get some voicemail on for next week. But you can leave us any voicemail comments, questions, any thoughts on the podcast, anything you want to see us whip out of the archives. We'll try and search for it. So you can leave us a voice mail message or send us a text. And our special MJ Morning Show hotline is 813-467-6290. 813-467-6290 is the number. And, of course, you can send email MJ at MJMorningShow.com. The website, MJMorningShow.com, has all of the episodes, all of the platforms, all of the ways to listen that's mjmorningshow.com on twitter give me a follow at todd schnitt at t-o-d-d-s-c-h-n as in november i-t-t on instagram i'm at certified todd schnitt and froggy you want to plug your youtube channel right
3: yes sir skippy likes gaming on youtube please subscribe numerous videos every week all right festive what do you want to plug his fat face (laughs) With a ham
2: sandwich. (laughs) Folks, we'll see you next time for MJ Morning Show, episode 22.
1: The MJ Morning Show.
2: Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and
1: coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Cruschel. If you're looking for food, sports,
2: music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. Everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.